Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajara Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. It just didn't need to change. Nothing had to change here. And now what we've done is we've made change for the sake of change, just so that a bunch of owners can sit around and say, look, guys, we took care of the overtime rules. Now everybody's going to get a possession. If you haven't seen the, the change, the change that was brought in was that both teams were now going to get a guaranteed possession in the postseason only. So if we get to overtime in the Chiefs and the Bills game, the Chiefs would get the ball, the Bills would get the ball, and if it's still tied then, it would go to sudden death. Amber, to me, this is stupid, it's unnecessary, and it just delays the inevitable because all we're going to do is say, oh, now what when they both score or both don't score and the next person wins? Was that Fitz? It was. Ah, oh, Fitz. We're always on the same page, man. Got all respect for that guy. You know, kind of a, a little bit of a sports misfit, if you will. And, man, I'm, I'm cut from that same cloth. And I couldn't agree anymore uh, with Jason Fitz on his take about it. Welcome back to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Austin Lane holding it down while Brent is out doing a, a live uh, shoot right now. Um, at the baseball game, though, Jacksonville, I mean, the place to be, we got the Florida Gators, Florida State Seminoles. Baseball's in the air. Kenny Chesney was just playing, so you know it's the real deal. Because huh. I feel like any baseball, right, Casey? Because I feel like any baseball game's got to have at least one or two Chesney, uh, Kenny Chesney bangers. Didn't know what song it was. Didn't really sound familiar to me. It could have been an old school one or a new school one. But it's, it's that classic Kenny Chesney twang that we're all into. You know that big Kenny Chesney guy, Casey? Oh, no, I can mess with Kenny Chesney. A little here and now, you know what I'm saying? I know about the Kenny okay. Chesney. Okay. Come on, you you had you had batting practice, right? The soundtracks. Yeah. If you had and Casey played baseball, mm -hmm. so you know there was a little Tim McGraw on that soundtrack mm -hmm. too. By the way, he's coming to Daly's place pretty soon. I, I I saw it too. Is he? In the next couple months or so. Really? Yeah. I didn't see that. Really, really wonder if there's you know if there's some kind of AEW connection there with him as well. Maybe some Jaguar. <laughs> I mean, he's he is he's Jacksonville's greatest export. So we have to celebrate <laughs> him uh, when we can. Uh, there was a lot of Tim McGraw on the baseball uh, oh, yeah, batting but practice course. soundtracks. But of course. What is it? Seminole Wind, I think. Actually. Seminole Wind is a good one. Is that the title of that song? Um, is that just a don't don't take the girls on necessarily the best Tim McGraw. No, I don't think I was playing that no. no, I'm... <laughs> I know, but I'm saying it's a good song, though, it nonetheless. Is a good song. I'm trying to show my knowledge here in case we get a, a country station one day at, at our news conglomerate. You know, I'm, I'm, trying, ready to roll. I'm trying to position myself for that one, too, so I'm with you. <laughs> it's good. Well, you don't have to Casey and Austin me. in the mornings, country music. <laughs> you don't have to convince yeah. me. Uh, yeah, let's go. Giddy up. Uh, that's funny. Um, we got some TV coverage tonight. Just popped out there, a little TV uh, hit for. Action Sports Shacks on CBS 47 and Fox 30. We'll have all the highlights coming up tonight of the baseball game. It, it, I'd say uh, this time of year, this kind of weather, though, take a little BP, shagging some fly it's balls off, brings back the hot. memories, man. Yeah. It's good stuff. What brings back the – what's part of football outside of Fridays? Yeah. Brings back oh, – like, like, like the um, – just what about, the, like, the nostalgia part, yeah, right? Yeah, to, to, I mean, to me, it's two things. It's leaves changing colors, which doesn't happen here, so well, scratch that. But then <laughs> it, it, it's the smell of fresh cut lawn. Is it really? Oh, it absolutely is. By the way, that is that. in uh, ball, uh, fall, uh, Boys of Fall, Kenny Chesney's song. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, I've told that, and I've told that story before, too, with Mike Malarkey, right? I told that yes, story. Yeah, yeah. 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 And now, listen, I, I love Mike Malarkey, man. I know he kind of got a bad rap well, here. Yeah, not everybody's probably heard yeah, of him. Yeah, I mean, we have I'm, I'm sure millions of listeners we have yeah, since no, last for sure. week. Literally millions and millions. <laughs> Casey, you heard the, the, the Kenny Chesney uh, uh, story with uh, Mike Malarkey? I feel like I did, but give it to me again. Yeah, let's go again. So, we're... 
we're here in, I think we're in Jacksonville for a home game. Obviously, we're in the hotel Saturday night before the game. And, you know, usually it's custom to, um, you know, happen through the season when you're kind of going through the dog days a little bit, you're banged up, you need a little extra motivation. Um, you know, a coach or, or the media people can kind of put together a little bit of a, of a highlight video of the season so far in totality. Now, if we're talking about Mike Malarkey's year, not a lot of highlights to go around, but surprisingly, <laughs> those people did a fantastic job of finding some stuff to showcase. Well, they showcased the highlight video, and unfortunately, it was Kenny Chesney, the boys of fall. Now, guys like Brad Meester, guys maybe like, uh, I'm trying to think who else we had. Uh, pretty much Brad Meester was going crazy <laughs> for it. Um, guys like Daryl Smith, guys like uh, Rasheen Mathis, you know, weren't, weren't so impressed with, with, with the Kenny Chesney boys of fall. Because it's not necessarily a pump-up song. No, it is not. You know, it's more like a nostalgia song. Yeah, it's a ballad. And you know what? Thing. We probably won one game at the time. We need more than just nostalgia. We need yeah. something. We need pumped up. I we mean, need you might as well just built. replace Sonia Richards-Ross winning the goal. Yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So, you know, the highlight play. The that highlight, was the highlight of that season. Yeah, it was the highlight <laughs> play for sure. Shout out to her, man. She, she was a baller. Um, but anyway, so we're, we're watching this highlight film, and, and Kenny Chesney, boys of fall, is playing and and after it it was just that awkward pause where it's like well now what because we're not really motivated it's just kind of it's not the best song ever to be playing we we gotta we gotta okay brent said nicely done brent um we had somebody ask what time the game's at i have no idea we're just, just on live radio it. but we'll answer your yeah, questions yeah i'm just covering it <laughs> But yeah, needless to say, Kenny Chesney, Boys of Fall, is always going to have a, a soft spot in my heart for That's that one. That's great. Yeah. Um, that, that is really – you know who else? Sonia Richards-Ross always going to have a soft Oh, she was great. That. You know what's funny? I saw an, art, an article came through my email um, or, or press release mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago, and Sonia Richards-Ross was named to, like, the National Hall of Fame, High School Hall of Fame. Okay. So she became a National High School Hall of Fame, not just state – I don't even know where she's originally from. Is it Texas? I think, she, I think she's from Texas. Okay. And so uh, – I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. But yeah. it's just funny how, like, her name resonates. Yeah. It's almost like, I was like, oh, should I share that? Like, I feel like she's got a local connection. Well, no, she dude, has a connection to, like, an August no, practice sure. on, the, on the Jumbotron. But Meanwhile, her husband yeah. just, like, had the, like, like the worst. Oh, I know. It, it was one of the worst things said about Jacksonville from a, from I, a player I, dude, I, in the I history like of the Ross. franchise. Oh, I like Ann Ross, man. That was my dude, Where he too, said, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, I went down to Jacksonville for a vacation. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was always on his side for, uh, like, you know, when we broke the huddle. I was always on his side, so we had, like, our own little handshake and everything. So uh, I did enjoy playing with Aaron Ross. I get it. He kind of got a bad rap. Probably shouldn't have said what he said. But I will say this, too. You know, because Sonia, uh, Richard Ross, she, she came to talk to us um, after the fact. Okay. And, um, you know, so that was really cool. Like, you know, she, she kind of gave us a little uh, speech or a little inspiration, and we obviously listened because, once again, the, the girl's a baller. But, like, it's amazing how, like, I, I've met other, like, gold medalists before. Like, I, I met, like, a, a former hockey player, um, kind of actually, believe it or not, at, at the Pickle. It was, like, around that vicinity in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. So, like, you know, I've met other gold medalists before. But, like, I don't know. To me, like, I think swimming's up there, too. But, like, track and swimming, like, that gold. And I'm not taking, dude, you want a gold medal in any sport? Yeah, I don't yeah, care yeah. if it's batman. I don't care if it's whatever, the, the gun shooting thing with the cross-country skiing. It doesn't make any sense, but I'm still impressed. But, like, meeting like a track athlete that won one or meeting like a, a swimmer that won one, it's just, it adds a little more, like, I feel like mystique to it. Or, or like a gymnast. I ever met a gymnast, you know? because well, I think they feel more traditional Olympic yeah, sports. Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know what I it is, but. I yeah, I mean, she had, she, had, she had an aura about her when I met her. I'm like, damn, you're, you're, yeah. you're awesome. Well, some of the sensational athletes in our sporting world come from the sport of track. Correct. Right? Yeah. Um, super underrated yeah. is track and field. Allison Felix? Yeah. Just a, from an athlete standpoint, but actually from a viewing standpoint. Oh, yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. The, one of the problems I think track and field has from, like, a spectator, viewer 
like maybe TV standpoint, is there's so many things going on at once. And also, like, you know, you go to, like, a high school track, sometimes a big one, there's, like, four or eight different heats. That Swimming has that, too, where it's, like, heat, heat, heat. It's, like, all right, get me to the stuff that matters, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, get yeah. away from the – well, it's not fluff for the competitors, but for the viewer, uh, it might be. Let's talk a little more football. How much um, in the head – of the Indianapolis Colts or the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's, Did you see the Ursa oh, yeah. quote today of course, of about course. they were going to move on from Carson Wentz, yep. especially after the loss? Like, is everything for the Indianapolis Colts going to be referenced to the Jacksonville Jaguars beating them in the last game of the year and foiling their plans to go to the playoffs? It's always seemed like the past couple of years when someone's lost to the Jaguars, like they're immediately on the hot seat. You know, it's like losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars is now on your resume, and it's not a good thing to have on your resume. Yeah. Um, it's just a fact. And, and, yeah, I think in terms of how much the Jaguars right now live in Jim Irsay's head, I think it's rent-free, um, and it's going to be an extended period of time because it was all there for the taking. You know, it was all there in terms of going to the playoffs, um, playing an opponent who, you know, shouldn't beat you, and they choked. Simply enough, that they, they choked, and it was still one of the funnest times I had. Was with Casey, is interviewing the Colts fans who, <laughs> who like, you know, they, and they all said, "Well, we thought this was going to happen." No, that's, no, you didn't think this was going to happen. No. Okay, like you're, you're trying to play it cool because you know, all right, it's not that big a deal. No, it, it's a huge deal. All right, you lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars when you shouldn't have lost to them when your chance to go to the playoffs was right in your grasp. Yeah, you butterfingers, and you dropped it. Simple as that. And I think that is going to be a sticking point with this team um, until they make it right. So, yeah, I think in terms of training camp, in terms of OTAs, that will still be talked about. In terms of motivation for next year, it's going to be seen. Yeah, I think it's almost like the Jags, you get the sense that the Indianapolis Colts' reaction to all of this. And, again, the Jags have done very well against the Colts for years. Even when they haven't had the better teams, the better rosters, they have still either played very well or upset the Colts when it looked like the Colts would win. But you really got the sense coming off this one that it sparked the trade of Carson Wentz, which basically Jim Irsay said today. Yeah. And also, Chris Ballard, I watched him at the NFL Combine. That was a month later yeah. after the season, and he still was, like, red in the face about that game. Oh, yeah. Like, you could get the sense that he was. it was still in his mind. So... Like the Jacksonville Jaguars, if you go in the Indianapolis Colts hallways, meeting rooms, I am not convinced, like weight rooms in the offseason conditioning, I'm not convinced that game oh, it, well, yeah. is not playing. Brent, you, you watched Hard Knocks. We all saw it in 4K. We, we, we saw the pain in their eyes, the disappointment. The, that does not leave you. Like, that will stick with you. And, and if they use it right, it'll be motivation for this up-and-coming season. Speaking of Hard Knocks, see who the next team is going to be featured yeah, Detroit Lions. How do we feel about that? Nope. Sleeper. I mean, I'm going to watch it because, you know, it's me, and I love Hard Knocks. Dan Campbell, all right, let's get, you know, You know me, quotes. I think Hard Knocks is lost. It's lost. Yeah, you, you're out of your mind because I'm telling people, like, it, it, it's the closest thing you get to actually be locker room. It's with, with the players is Hard Knocks. Yeah, I get it. I mean, but as we sit here some however many, what are you looking forward to? What's the storyline? I mean, Dan Garrett Campbell. Goff, Dan give, Campbell? Give, give me all the Dan. What else is there? Give me all the Dan Campbell quotes. I don't know. I'm in Ross St. Brown. There it is. <laughs> the, the better St. Brown brother, yes. All right, let me ask you this, okay? We're some, I don't Chark? know. Chark? DJ Chark? Yeah, that's fine. I love DJ. Okay. Uh, April, Chark. May, June, July, August. So uh, Hard Knocks begins in, like, August, right? So it's some so. four and a half months away from the first episode. It's a five-episode thing with Hard Knocks. I already right? got goosebumps. And... You're the only one. Uh, <laughs> that's fine, man. Yeah. Hey, I, don't know what you, like, I don't know why you hate it so much. Well, okay, so I have this question for you. Yeah. When Hard Knocks is done... 
Okay. Do you feel like you have more respect and a likability toward Dan Campbell, or you're like, this ain't going to work? No, I've before. always had respect for Dan Campbell, and, and I think I'm going to have more respect for Dan Campbell. Yeah, uh, I'm always going to have respect for that dude because he's, he's not your traditional NFL coach. He, he wears his emotions on his sleeve, um, and I think his players buy into it. Like, uh, I think no – I mean, and I said this last year during the season – yeah, they didn't win a lot of games, but I had a feeling they weren't going to go winless just because, like, Dan Campbell, come hell or high water, was going to will them to at least one game. So I think that we're going to leave hard knocks with more respect for Dan Campbell. How about you, Casey? Are you excited at all about Dan Campbell? I mean, listen, the guy has his famous break your kneecaps quote, and okay. then he also cries on the podium like two or three weeks later after a loss, and it's like, eh. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I mean, okay, they're playing hard. They're trying hard. That's cool. But I don't get the sense everybody's excited about Dan Campbell. Yeah, I'm thinking uh, what I'm looking forward to is, first of all, no HBO. So I'll have to catch the uh, reruns. Hey, Casey. Hey, Casey, don't worry. We got you, I'm, I'm going to give that login password for you. Sounds good. I'll dump yeah. that. Um, but... <laughs> I'm excited because I'm assuming I'll get a couple of quotes that I can probably use in opens for the next season if they win more than two or three times. Uh, and, you know, I always need some good random quotes to fill in. So I'm sure I'll get some, like you said, the kneecaps quote. Might get him crying. You never know. But, uh, no, nah, other than getting some good quotes, I'm out. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Though. Like, who are the, I mean, you said Sam Brown, okay, DJ Chark. Swift. Right. I mean, what happened to DeAndre Swift? DeAndre Swift. I guess. They could do a whole like, hard knocks about really, what happened to them. They don't they give them the football. Of, there's not a lot of figure. Like, at least last year we had, like, Ezekiel Elliott, Jerry Jones putting salt on his McMuffin. Like, that was good for an episode. Dak Prescott, obviously. C.D. Lamb. Uh, Micah Parsons. Like, you, you had the players there. Yeah. I'm not really kids, sure like, you're going to have to come up with a cute angle like that. Yeah. Like, the kid stole the show last year in Dallas. No, he did. He did. And yeah, then, obviously, what's-his-name had a great year. Yeah. Right? Should, I mean, uh, that, that's your dude, so get his six. name right. Yeah, there you go. Um, do you want to say his first name or not? Trevon. There it is. Uh, and and so, so like, they'll find that. I mean, they're HBO. Well, they're good at no, storytelling. But I just... But, like, Jared Goff doesn't interest me. I'll be honest. No. I'm all set with Jared Goff. No. What DeAndre pick, Swift? What pick do they have? Two. Two. So, like, uh, I mean, if they get Aiden Hutchinson, maybe, coming home, the whole thing there. I, like, like, I thought the Jaguars were taking him. Well, I'm just saying. Okay. Maybe they trade well, up. What do you know? Oh, I, I, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. You're working, back. You're working, for, the, you're working for the organization again. I knew it. Tell us. What's going on? I don't know. Yeah, you, you got Trent Polk and speed dial. You I, just dropped it. I told you they're taking Trayvon Walker. The, only, the, the only Jaguar station in town now that's saying, okay, Hutchinson's going to the Lions, I guess. <laughs> I, I must have missed that email. I'm just trying to see what would help them. Oh, no, that would definitely help them. From a storyline. Yeah. Stand. I mean, yeah, it's, like, well, it's not going to help him. Evan Neal's not going to help him at all. Uh, an offensive tackle and hard knocks? Yeah. I just, Maybe I they told HBO they're going to draft Kenny Pickett. All right. Who who should they have done? Give me, like, the last 18 to be the Jags or Houston. Houston. Yeah. Would Jags be fun? I mean, Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. I can think of worse things. Christian Kirk. Uh, you know. Buying a car. Yeah, buying Christian Kirk. Buying a car. Yeah, car shop. Buying a car. Yeah, this is, I'm thinking, I'm buying this with the... The, the $4 million more I thought of, than I thought I was going to get. No, for <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I, again, listen. I mean, since the yeah, I have never been all in on the Hard Knocks thing like yeah. everybody else. I understand the appeal to it. I think it's a cool show. It's been a cool show. Yeah. It's been a very trend trendy show. It's a trendsetter for behind-the-scenes stuff. Sure. And I, I actually did like them going midstream. Because Indy was very interesting, right? Because yeah. are they going to make the playoffs? Are they not going to make the playoffs? They're See, right in the middle of it. I, the only one I watched of that was the Jaguars one. I think I watched the first one, which was right after the Jags game, and then okay. the last one was the Jags game. Yeah. So, um, 
But, like, I understand the concept. I just don't know how many more ways you can cut it. See, in our business, like, we have, it, man. we have stories, like, you know, in, up north, if it snows, the first time it snows, mm -hmm. and you turn on the news, it's like, okay, I've seen that story for the last 35 years. Yeah, Very few fine. people do it differently. I'm getting that way with hard knocks. Oh, you're it's unbelievable. Like, I've seen the story for I'm, the last 12 listen, years. Listen, man, I, I'm telling you, from someone who's been in the locker rooms, like, there's no, there's nothing out there like hard knocks that shows you behind the scenes. There's not. Like, I mean, yeah, you, you can go to the locker room and interview people, but, like, you're not going to get the, the, them genuine. You, you, you usually don't get the genuine people. Like, yeah, you get a good quote here or there. But I'm saying players in their element, being themselves, nothing showcases it more. Well, maybe an Instagram live video when you go live with Jahad Ward, like he did a couple times. But besides that, nothing's going to showcase, like, who the players truly are, how coaches operate, all that dynamic, more than hard knocks. I think there is one thing that would have been, one team that would have been really interesting. And I, I would have been a couple interested. Teams. Miami we, Dolphins. Dolphins would be interesting. I think Mike McDaniel would be fascinating. Sure. I think the Raiders would be Because I think he would play okay. To, see, Josh McDaniels would be very tight, though. My point is McDaniel would be very, I think, loose with that and, yeah. and not as, like, top secret. Like, McDaniel's coming from Patriots, man. He ain't going to let a lot go. Like, one thing no, about sure, Hard Knocks is you wonder how much is obviously taken out, right? How much yeah. is, okay, is this okay if we show this? And while it's technically not supposed to be really, I mean, they're not showing everything that they get. I mean, that's a fact. We know that because they don't want to compromise yeah. what either a game plan would be or something else inside the building. Yeah. And so there's part of that with the show. It's not no holds barred. It's not full reality show. Yeah. You know what would be cool is the, the Packers, though. Packers would be pretty neat. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, I mean, would he welcome that? Oh, I, think, I think that's last thing Aaron Rodgers. Though, right? I know. I mean, he definitely have fun with that. I think that's last thing Aaron Rodgers. That's yeah. last thing he missed. I think Miami would be pretty interesting. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of teams up there. Uh, real quick, uh, Roger Goodell talking in the last hour says, he doesn't know that the playoff OT rule will eventually apply to all games because coaches like the regular season rule. said the decision was based on data on 12 playoff OT games, 7-1 <laughs> on opening possession. That was an issue. And it sounds like just from that kind of quote, that Goodell's not really a big fan of changing it. Yeah. Uh, secondly, on uh, Deshaun Watson, no timetable on any potential discipline. The quote is, we will seek to get to the bottom of the facts, says Roger Goodell. So uh, there are some people who expect, I think there are a lot of people who expect Deshaun Watson to face some kind of action yeah. from a suspension standpoint this upcoming season. What that is, <laughs> when that will come down to be. All, all I can hear is Casey playing the boys up all right now. <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you what, too. Not, not even a top 20 song from Kenny Chesney. This was a miss. I'm sorry, Kenny. I got a lot of respect for you. But, I mean, this isn't up there with, like, when the sun goes down or so. Like, this isn't even close to that. <laughs> Don't uh, Blink is a good one. Don't Blink. That's very good stuff, not bad, yeah. you know. Very good. Come there, on over. There goes my life. I mean, uh, if, if you haven't cried in that song in the car one time, you got ice water in your veins. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> we'll be back. This song's not it. Action Sports Jacks. On ESPN 690, what about the Florida State ball, uh, boys of fall? We talk a little pro day from Tallahassee coming up on ESPN 690. DK Metcalf seems to be the guy that everybody's starting to pay attention to. And if you're the Jets, you got two top ten picks, you got two second round picks, you got two fourth round picks this year. That's a lot of draft capital. I don't necessarily need all those rookies on my team. Uh -huh. Let me mortgage some of that draft capital in order to bring over some veterans because all these young guys that I have on this roster need some veteran leadership. You got to teach young guys how to win. And so going after a receiver, a big-time playmaker, not only helps your quarterback, but it helps your locker room. It helps Rob Sala and Joe Douglas establish their program and give it some 
legitimacy, some credibility in the guys and the young players that don't necessarily know what pro football is all about. Chris Canty. Of course. It's your guy. Uh-huh. How we get him on the show? Uh, I can put a request in for that. Does it hurt us that he also has a show at the exact same time? Yeah, we could record. Oh, I like that. We could record it. Hey, it's a good hearty take. You know it's Chris Canty. <laughs> I like that. Man. I love how you love Chris Canty. I don't, it's not that I don't like Chris Canty. It's that I'm, we're on when Chris Canty's on, so I don't yeah. hear him as much as you do. Chris, yeah, is he your favorite guy right now in sports? Hey, you like, know, terms- you know he's doing his thing. You know, yeah. the takes are good. You know, I, I listen to a lot of takes every day on the uh, little soundboard, and some of them are just absolute trash. I will say, Chris Canty's <laughs> never, never once do I Chris click on a Chris Canty take, and I'm like, you know, this is trash. It's just quality, quality takes. What's yeah. who is like the best? Oh, it's got to be Paul Feinbaum, right? <laughs> right? You, you know me, I'm Paul Feinbaum guy. So hey, yeah, what does Paul like? Show. What's he doing right now? You know, what was he bad? I don't like, know. Are his Paul? show still on right now? Does he He's take a break? Sitting on some boat in a lake, probably, probably with his shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay, man. Wow. Oh, wow. Why are you taking Paul Feinbaum? Nah, like good for him. You're not going to get on the show that way. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Keep attacking him. Uh, you know, that's a good question, though. Is he like, is it's like Groundhog's Day, like where he just goes away for. You know, someone someone yeah, tell you yeah, how he's back. He's like Green side. Day. Wake me up when September ends, except <laughs> August, I guess. Nicely <laughs> done. Um, well, he. Uh, I was trying to think. I, get, I mean, is Pat McAfee right now like? No, he's my. Yeah, I mean. No, is he like the? Sport, he's my favorite. Not just yours, but yeah. every, every. Is he the guy right now in sports entertainment? In I'd the say, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the guy is, has a WrestleMania match. He's calling SmackDown. Oh, is he? Is he he's going to be WrestleMania. He has a match, yeah. He's, yeah. Wrestling. he's, he's wrestling Austin Theory. By the way, WrestleMania this weekend, so we should probably break that down a little bit as well. We probably should, yeah. Record numbers. Record numbers for sure. Stone Cold's ago. back, right? Stone Cold's going to be back as well. Like for real or just a one-time thing? Well, it's like a, well, he's he's up there. It's probably a one-time thing. Yeah. But yeah, Stone Cold. So is, is McAfee like, has Cody he wrestled Rhodes before? Hey, McAfee, he has. Yeah, he used to wrestle on NXT. And now he's going to wrestle under the, the SmackDown banner. And so, he, but he's been like a he's been part of their announced team, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's him and Michael Cole for SmackDown and Fridays. Okay, yeah. So does he is he going to have to make a decision, or do these wrestling fans like the idea? That oh he gets no, in the, the ring? no, they love it. Like I mean, when we talked about it before. Like McAfee came in um, out of nowhere and started calling SmackDown, and like people immediately fell in love with yeah, him. Yeah, like, yeah. He's he's that talented. And then obviously he's got the. His, his award-winning show for sports as well now. I mean, yeah. you got the fan duel. I was just um, talking. Money, so yeah, I was just talking to somebody about it. I mean, his stock just keeps going up and up yeah. and up and up, and it's uh, kind of kind of like ours. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. Uh, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 live from the baseball grounds. Well, Florida State baseball against Florida tonight on ESPN 690. Of course, you're home for Florida State football and basketball, and tonight for baseball as well. Good to have Mike Martin Jr. on the show earlier. You can always go back and subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Let's get uh, Ryan Kelly in here. Ryan, you can sit in my chair. We're going to move him in live. Uh, Ryan uh, works over at WCTV and has made the trip over to Jacksonville. And... Uh, I want to have him on here for? Oh, Ed, you take a seat. You get to, you get to sit and yeah, uh, to take a seat, man. You're sh- good. Welcome. Just make sure I'm, I've got the levels of that. I'm an engineer, so make sure you hold that pretty high. I on got that you. mic. There I you go. You. Um, but uh, welcome on over to Jacksonville on a beautiful Sunday. Yes, sir. This is always one of the best days. Hard to believe it hasn't been since 2019 we've been able to play this Amazing. game. But yeah. you know, growing up around this event in Jacksonville, this was always one of the things that you circle on the calendar. So to have it back. To have it here in full force, I mean, we're expecting what? Probably over 10 grand here tonight again, per usual. This is such a great event. It's such a cool event, and it's just awesome to be back here after 
two years off. Ryan, give everybody your story, man. Uh, you are a Jacksonville guy, so uh, it's good to good to be back and get yes, a little sir. get a little cooking. Yes, sir. No, unfortunately, it's a day trip. Uh, the, the, the folks are already upset that we haven't been able to stop by today, but uh, they are coming to the game, so I will see them at the ballpark. That's for sure. But, yeah, man, uh, grew up on the west side, not far from Chafee Road, Trinity Christian boy. So, yeah, good to be back here in the bold new city of the south. Watch the Knowles and Gators play. All right, good deal. Uh, hey, give us an update. Pro day today for Florida State. Obviously, the whole football world in the first round loves Jermaine Johnson. Uh, how good is this guy? What's he been like to cover? He's a good kid, and, and uh, how good will he be at the next level, in your opinion? Absolutely. Well, first of all, I just want to say, how good is George's line if that's the guy they didn't want? <laughs> <laughs> if, if that's Amazing. the guy that they said. He, yeah. he really is as advertised, and you saw him show up in big game after big game after big game this season. Uh, almost single-handedly upsets mm -hmm. Clemson at Death Valley, plays a phenomenal game against Miami. Uh, and really just has everything you want out of a guy. He, he's a great pass rusher, super aggressive. We've all seen him fly up the boards. Of course, it was so good over at the Senior Bowl. Moved his way up after some people thought he might be a day-two guy. Pretty definitively seems like he's going to be a top-20 pick now. But, yeah, he's been great to deal with. Super nice guy. Only thing he did at Pro Day today was bench, but... Kind of feels like he's already made his case for himself, had himself a solid combine, seems to be impressing in interviews. But, yeah, whoever ends up with that guy is going to end up with an excellent, excellent pass yeah. rusher. Uh, I, seems like can, sorry, Austin. No, no, no. I, mean, I always said this, too, and you mentioned that. I mean, the, the guy has done nothing but improved stock for himself in terms of the senior bowl. And I always say, like, you make your most money on film. And what he's been able to do under that Florida State jersey on film, I mean, it, it warrants nothing else. But the, the fact that he played on a team, I think that sometimes maybe he got lost in the shuffle a little yeah. bit, right? Like, I think he if you put him on a uh, an Ohio State or an Alabama, we're talking, you know, top five, top ten potential. Do you feel there's maybe a little bit of a bias just because he was on a, a team that kind of went up and down a roller coaster this year in terms of their performance, even though he was probably the most consistent thing on that team? You know, that's an interesting question because even during that four-game losing streak to start the season, Jermaine Johnson's still the best part of that team. Of yeah. course, had himself a great game against Notre Dame there on Labor Day Sunday. Just a solid all-around player. But, you know, that's kind of interesting because it's not often you think of Florida State in the light of maybe on the back burner, but that's certainly what the program's been over the last couple years as they try to get themselves out of this stuff. But, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, going into this season, everybody knew Georgia's defensive line was nasty. We already talked about them. Mm -hmm. uh, Aiden Hutchinson obviously gets all the play because Michigan's a playoff team. Yeah. Kayvon Thibodeau was a guy that everybody knew about coming into this season at Oregon. So, yeah, I think it's really impressive that really in this one season as a starting role, because he was a rotational guy at UGA, through one season, he's been able to build himself a resume. Because like you said, the tape doesn't lie. What you put on film is more impressive than anything else. Yep. And the fact that, listen, I don't think the ACC was the best P5 conference by any stretch this year. But against solid competition, holding his own and honestly taking over games at times when he absolutely needed to, yeah, I, I think it shows more than enough what he's capable of. Brian Kelly with us from WCTV over in Tallahassee. Covers Florida State. Jacksonville guy, by the way, back home here. Uh, for at least an afternoon and evening to watch Florida State baseball uh, take on the Florida Gators. But we're talking football right now on ESPN 690. You know, listen, their top, top guy was a Georgia guy. as a transfer. He's going to be a top 15 pick, perhaps. After that, it thins out a little for the Florida State Seminoles. I used to go to Florida State Pro Days, and there would be six guys that were about to go in the top 50 picks, potentially. Uh, those days have been over a little bit, and therefore the record has been what it's been. Year three, Mike Norvell, what's the recruiting class look like? What's the transfer portal look like? What's the talk in Tallahassee about where this thing is going after a pretty good second half of 2021? Well, yeah, I think it's that. And you also, 
going back to Jermaine Johnson here because I think there's a point to be made. Jermaine Johnson's success, I feel like, really has helped Mike Norvell in the transfer portal. The fact that he's been able to say, hey, here's a guy who maybe wasn't thrilled with his current situation in a good place, but our record being what it was, he's still going to be a consensus top 15 draft pick. Mm -hmm. So he's been able to have a lot of success in the portal. Obviously, the Hunter situation was what really hurt on national signing. Yeah, yeah. Deion Sanders sweeping in, taking the really talented safety out of Georgia to Jackson State. But all that being said, the transfer portal has been a point of emphasis for them. They've gone in really hard, and they've really changed that wide receiver room more than anything with the Power 5 talents that they've been able to bring in. You got one from West Virginia, of course, uh, Winston Wright, who's healing up, best to him. But uh, you've got guys from Arizona State. You've got P5 experience that's come in, four brand-new wide receivers just out of the portal alone. That's what I do really respect about what Mike Norvell's doing with the football program is that he's kind of seen those positions of need, and it's not a, well, we'll wait around. They're attacking the problem. They're filling the problem as quickly as they could. I mean, Kier Thomas was another guy on that defensive line this year that was a South Carolina transfer that's trying to fight his way into being a draft pick didn't do a whole lot of pro day today but florida state last year needed those guys on the line he filled those problems needed some help at wideout he's filled those problems that's one of the things that i think has really helped mike norvell last year and maybe take them to the step forward that they want this year is that he's attacked those problems he's filled those positions of need with the loosened rules with the portal with those one-time transfer rules he's really taken advantage of those and i'm interested to see just how it pans out because wide receiver was their biggest position of need going into this. Yeah, it's different ways to build it now, that's for sure. Hey, you know, the biggest news on campus today is not Florida State Pro Day. It's not Florida State Baseball being here in Jacksonville entering the top five. If you want to talk about the two most successful programs, I think at least, on the campus of Florida State University over the last, I don't know, I'll call it a decade. My timing might be off. It might be softball and, and women's soccer. And today, a shocking announcement that women's soccer coach is leaving. Yeah, Mark Krikorian, actually, it wasn't even a statement released by the university like hmm. you usually kind of get. Emailed the press directly and said that this is it for him, that he, everybody feels like they have a shelf life. He felt like it was his time to move on. So, yeah, those who know the campus of Florida State, soccer and softball share an office building. They literally share a complex. You go through the same gates to get to Joanne Graff Field or the Seminole Soccer Complex. So, yeah, there's been a whole lot of winning inside that building, and Mark Krikorian's a big reason of it. I mean, this is a Florida State soccer program that came onto the scene in the 90s. It was a solid program before Mark Krikorian got there. Saw some early success, but been there 17 years and made 11 college cups, 11 yeah. Final Fours. Three like, national championships, yeah, right? three national titles, including the most recent one. Played for the one the year before that in that weird season that we played in the spring because of COVID. But, yeah, just his success has been so consistent. And it's because it's kind of interesting to juxtapose him against Lonnie Almeida and the softball program and that the softball program has a very loose environment. There's a very loose vibe to how they do it. And Mark Krikorian's got a very professional way with how he runs his program. He often calls it, you know, if you want to be a professional, if you want to play in the NWSL, if you want to play for your national team, mm -hmm. then we're going to treat you like it's your national team. Then we're going to treat you like this is the program. You're, everything's going to be regimented. And the buy-in that he's gotten to not just that, but the philosophy of play they have on the field, the way that they possess the ball, they try to take the air out of it for you. You can't score if you don't have it. It's 
paid off dividends, dividends, dividends over the years. And so for him to just call it off like that, uh, I called some folks inside Seminole Athletics, and they were they didn't even know the news. They, they had to call friends around for the news. So I'm fascinated to see what's going on with that. It doesn't sound like he's retiring. It sounds like there might be something else for him. That's kind of speculation. Interesting. Don't want to put yeah. too much on there. But let's see what's on his radar. And This is a guy that a couple years ago was – one of the dark horse rumors for the women's national team. Obviously, it appears that there's any shake up there, so I'm not saying that's happening, but we'll see how things play out. Yeah, one of the top programs in the country in women's soccer, so a surprise move there. We'll see if they can keep it up. Ryan Kelly from WCTV in Tallahassee, thanks for jumping in, man. Good work. Of course, fellas. Welcome home. Thank you, man. Uh, that is uh, Ryan Kelly from WCTV. Lots of stuff, stuff happening at uh, Florida State. Let's get to uh, Captain Rick Riles right now on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 694, the Sportsman Fishing Report. Captain Rick, you said everybody would call out of work sick today and go fishing. <laughs> I think you were right. We came to a baseball game instead. Holy smokes, I got to tell you, Fred, you, if you don't want to be outdoors today, you, you know what? You ought to move to Kansas. That's what you ought to do. You ought to just <laughs> go on and move to Kansas because it doesn't get any better than this right here. In fact, I have got a rod in my right hand while I'm talking to you with my left hand. Uh, I'm up in Foggy Creek with uh, my stepson. We are fishing for Bremen Pass this afternoon, just enjoying the day. Pretty good day offshore. I talked with the Jody Lynn, too. They had eight or nine tunas. They had four or five mahis. Not a banner day, but uh, certainly solid. Uh, the other Jody Lynn, the original fish inshore for bottom fish, and then a pretty good day. They had a mutton snapper. Uh, they had plenty of vermilions and pinkies. They even caught a blackfin tuna while they were bottom fishing. So not a bad day. Uh, up on the beach, the surf fishing has been as good as it gets. If you're ever going to be a surf fisherman, this is the time to try it. Look for clear water, usually around incoming to high tide, and a gentle surf, which we're going to have for probably the first half of tomorrow. And it uh, should be very, very good surf fishing for you. Now, the water's moved, warm back up inshore. And that means that the Reds are back on the flats. You won't be able to see them, but you will see them pushing or you will see them with their fins sticking out of the water. So it's going to be good fishing for the next few days. The wind's setting in as we get later in the week. So enjoy this evening and tomorrow morning while you can. It's going to be our best fishing for a while. We'll be back to talk about it tomorrow with another fishing report brought to you by Workman's Quick Fix Plumbing and CSS. Oh, I got a bite, Brent. I got to go. Talk to you later. <laughs> Thanks, Captain Rick. Captain oh, Rick Riles, Oh, sports come on. Don't tease us like that. Are going to check back with him? What a cliffhanger. He got a bite. What a cliffhanger. boat. All of a sudden, JR gets shot. We don't know what happened. <laughs> So I mean, I, I really, I mean, that really yeah, that's an old reference. Right yeah, that is. An old I, reference. And I didn't watch is that. Dallas? Yeah, I didn't watch does that show. Casey even know that reference? Yeah, I know about Dallas. Which, yeah, we uh, don't know about Dallas. Uh, Come on, good Dallas. Deal. It's pop culture. You know what, he, by the way, getting shot from fishing. By the way, Rick hung up so fast. Like I, I mean, by the time he said I got to buy, I looked down, he was gone. That so was he, awesome. Yeah, that Dang. was good. I liked it. Uh, all right, let's take a break. Uh, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Put a bow on the show. And by the way, uh, we have coming up tonight, Florida State Baseball right here on ESPN 690 at 645. So more programming to come. And a week away from the Jumbo Shrimp. And the Jumbo Shrimp home opener is next Tuesday. Hopefully we get a day like today and yeah. you can listen to Jumbo Shrimp Baseball all season long for a second year in a row on ESPN 690 as well. We'll be right back. <laughs> Can I not 
vote for him because his team is so good without him? How does that? These ridiculous statistics. It's one thing if they treaded water, held, served, whatever the case might be without him. They've been the best team in the NBA when he doesn't play. They're 18-2, and two and they win every game by 20 points. How does that factor into an MVP vote? Oh, John Field. Is talking about that? He ain't talking about LeBron James, much. Not 18 and 2 without him. talking about LeBron James. LeBron James. Shut it down, LA. Shut it down. What about that? That's a pretty interesting take, though. I mean, it's amazing how good they've been without Morant. Like, who does that, right? It's wild when you talk about a team, the Memphis Grizzlies, who, and like, I'm a decent big basketball fan. I can't name more than three players in the Memphis Grizzlies. You know, like, I mean, the, the, yeah. it's just a bunch of, you know, it, it's grind city, essentially. But like, it's grind who plays city. when he doesn't and picks up the slack? That's a good question. Do you think everybody just raised their level think, by a few points? Or? I think everybody raises their level a few points, but they're just, they're like, top to bottom, they're just a very, very disciplined and talented team. And they've always kind of had that, but then jobs to put him over that hump and then kind of gave him that star power as well. Well, and here's the other thing. It's not like they're bad when he's on the floor. No, no, The crazy no, thing no, is no. they just don't seem to miss a beat when no. he doesn't play. No, they don't. And that is very unusual. Yes. I mean, there are actually some examples that when the guy goes away, you play pretty well, and for some unknown or inexplicable reason, even though the guy's a tremendous player, yeah. when he's on the floor, the winning percentage just, isn't as good. It just seems like they're, they're made up of a bunch of guys that you see them like, oh, yeah, I wonder what happened to him. You know, like Steven Adams. Like, Steven Adams has been on that. Dylan Brooks is another example. Like, Oh, yeah, I remember those guys. Okay, yeah. they're on the Grizzlies now. Makes yeah, sense. Yeah, and he's played well, yeah. yeah. Uh, that is pretty interesting. NBA season winding down. Just a handful of games to go uh, in the regular season. Uh, locker rooms are going to be open again for the media this upcoming you get, season. You've got to be excited for that. Uh, yeah, I think I'm – I mean – got to be. Come on. I'm excited. How but, are, you, are you not excited? Were you happy doing them on Zoom? No, I think there it's just go. better. I think, I think this is better – for, I actually think it's better for the organization, for the players, yep. and really, I think it is better for the fans. I don't want to over-dramatize how much it's better for the fans, but I think it does help the media get context on some things. Now, sometimes the fans don't like that context. I mean, I've gotten context in there and, and kind of tried to give both sides of the story, and fans don't like that. Sure. <laughs> so it's yeah. not what they want to hear. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I do think it's helpful. I th- you know what I really think is, I've, I've said this countless times over the last couple of years especially, but it really last year stood out. The lack of relationships that the maybe the players, the coaches, and some of the people on the football side had with the media and even the interactions with the fans because of COVID and other things, I don't think it helped this organization at all. I think those moments when you do have relationships – Again, not just with the media, but with their fans, right? You can go to grocery stores and sign the things. You can come out to All Access and meet and greet the fans. I think those things really help the Jacksonville Jaguars in this small town and close-knit and when yeah. the Jags are king. I think it it helps when things really hit the fan. Sometimes it gives some fans a different perspective of the athlete, the person. It doesn't make it all right. No, but I think it yeah. helps, and I, I've said countless times over the last six months, there was nobody really defending the organization, even to the media, right, over the la- this horrific year, really, for, for the Jags. And I think it hurt this football team and franchise in this city a lot. I think opening the locker room up, the opening back up of normalcy, I think could help 
uh, good or bad seasons, especially well, in this town. See, but I think when you have a bad season, though, and the locker room's opened up and you have that access, like, I don't think it's necessarily the, the best thing for a team because, I mean, I've, I've been on a team that won two games, and, like, I'll be honest, we don't want to talk to you, the media. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, like, you don't want to talk to me because it's, it's frustrating and there's, there's not much to say. You're not playing well, you know, and it's the media's job to try to find out why and then how they're going to rectify that and do better. So, I mean, of, of all the turmoil that went on last year with Urban Meyer and this team, I feel like if you would have added the media aspect locker room to it, it, it could have maybe added salt to that wound. I think, well, that's a good point because then things would have been maybe mentioned yeah. more, right? Mm -hmm. But I also think in the long game, instead of just beating down the Jags, beating down the Jags, beating down the Jags, and players even seeing that on social media and stuff, well, one thing that does happen with media and players in a, in a locker room over time is there's a trust that forms or relationships sure. that form. And that doesn't mean they're going to let you off the hook or even take it easy on you, but they can be fair, and then you can understand that fairness. Like, yeah. your 2-14 and 14 season, there were still relationships in that, but, like, you didn't get absolutely crushed all the time but, by, by the media. And I wonder if you would have... If, you know, if it was a last year scenario. No, I mean, here's how I look at it. Like, if I was in the locker room last year or not, or two years ago and they won one game, like, I, I'm still crushing the team. Like, you won one game. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's not much, like, I don't care if there's a Nick Foles speech that says we're going to try to do better and you're trying to motivate me in the media. Like, it doesn't matter. If you don't do well, you got to get called out on. It's just, that's just the way the world works. Yeah, I think there's a subconscious to it. If I know you, mm -hmm. and I feel like I know you mm -hmm. better than just watching you on Sundays, I feel like I'm more apt to at least not, like, just totally crush you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I If I you. don't know you and I'm like, oh, I'm never going to see Austin. Oh, yeah, okay, this guy, you know, I mean, no holds barred. It's something, you know, I'm not saying you. just me. I'm saying yeah. fans are like that, I think, even. No, and I, one thing about personal interviews, one-on-one -on -one interviews, fans get to know players sure. by watching on TV and stuff that they feel like they know that player. Well, another thing about personal interviews, too, is you interview Jalen Ramsey, who you know you get blocked by him. So sometimes oh, that doesn't work in your favor. You know, so 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 going to play those cards right. You know, I do think it's a very subconscious thing that happens, but I think it's going to be beneficial uh, for people in Jacksonville, in this market especially, uh, for the locker rooms to be open. By the way, I don't care if they're open every day. Yeah. In fact, I kind of would advise them just to be open maybe two days a week. Yeah, and that's a guy in the media. Yeah, my media friends probably don't want me to say that. You think Doug Peterson's going to know me? Yeah. I hope so. I mean, because Urban Meyer, I'm just, I'm just, I, I, I want that Urban Meyer fist bump again. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that, feel I mean, that, I want to make that my, my profile picture on Facebook, but I can't because people are going to lambaste me That's for true. it. That's true. That would not help the show. Shout out to Marcel Robinson, picture of the year. She's in a Time magazine, <laughs> and I can't post it anywhere because of what happened here. Uh, hey, that was a fun show today here at the baseball grounds. Florida State baseball up against the Florida Gators, two top 15 teams in the country right here in Jacksonville. You'll see these guys in the pros someday. Come on out to the baseball grounds. 7 o'clock, first pitch, we'll have highlights on Action Sports Jacks on CBS 47, Fox 30 tonight. And you can listen to the game on ESPN 690 starting at 645. Be down at the Bullies House of Cards tomorrow, 3 p.m. Hope to see you down at St. John's County on a Wednesday.